It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got me, Ian. Me, Bonnie. And Chris. And, of course, you can bring up anything that is the point of the program here. The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, we've got lots, of course, in the news to discuss tonight. Bonnie's got a story on the way about a uh, another, a different newspaper. Because we already covered one of them that happened, I don't know, two, three weeks ago or yeah, something like that. Yeah, a German newspaper called Bild. Yeah, um, which was like the largest newspaper in Germany or something. Yeah. Now another biggie, apparently, over in um, Denmark, I believe. Yeah. has come out and apologized to their readers for just basically taking the government's word for things when it comes to COVID-19. We can tell you about that. Uh, of course, the phones are open and there's a lot in the news to discuss. Uh, plus, the Bonnie, you're going to actually open, open us up here tonight with not exactly the headline that uh, i think we were expecting so there was there was a news recently that biden is planning on a, in issuing an executive order yeah uh within the next few weeks so the story that you're going to be talking about here is not that story this is something else so biden is going to be coming out with an executive order about cryptocurrency Apparently within the next two or three weeks, there's not much being said about what that's going to mean. They're just teasing it that it's going to happen. But this is something else. This is a bill that someone has put forward. And normally I don't like to uh, speculate on what bills are going to pass and, and what you know isn't. Maybe this thing is going to go down in flames. We have no idea, but it definitely caught our attention. So what's going on? This is from Bitcoin.com. Um, says, U.S. unveils bill giving Treasury Secretary unchecked and unilateral power to ban crypto transactions, advocate warns. A new bill introduced in the U.S. has a provision that would essentially give the Treasury Secretary unchecked, and that is Janet Yellen, right? Yeah, she's scary looking. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> unchecked and unilateral power to ban cryptocurrency transactions, warned crypto advocacy organization Coin Center. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will be able to prohibit any crypto transactions without any process, rulemaking, or limitation on the duration of the process. I don't see how she has the ability to do that. I mean, how, how would she have the legal authority to do that? Isn't there a con? Don't we have like certain constitutional rights? Like, wouldn't that <laughs> inhibit some of this? Like, you would think. I mean, I, I don't know what specific right it would be, but like, I mean, liberty maybe would be would be the maybe what part of that? The right but, to seek happiness. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, so again, this is a, they're talking about a piece of legislation. This hasn't passed. Somebody just introduced mm. a bill. It may not pass. It may not even come close to passing. So it's one of those things where there was something like this last year where there was some kind of, uh, I guess, regulations going into the infrastructure bill and the crypto people were freaking out about they it. They did go in. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Oh, call your congressman. Call your congressman. And they spent all this time and this money trying to change this situation. And it, they didn't have any effect on it whatsoever. And it's like, that's not how crypto is supposed to work. Crypto is about ignoring the state. <laughs> crypto is about creating something that is an alternative and not begging the state to give you permission to to do something. And so here we go again. They're going to once again put the call out. Oh, God, we got to stop this bill. And the, the fact is Janet Yellen 
or whoever it is that is in charge of whatever treasury or whatever bureaucracy we're talking about, they can't ban, they can't stop. I guess they can ban it, but they can't stop it. They can't stop crypto. You know what it comes down to is it gives them the authority to basically oppress a certain group that likes a certain thing. That's that's what it does. It's not, you know, they can't stop it from occurring, but they can certainly target people for it. Hmm. That's what they did with the Crypto 6. Yep. You can go to thecrypto6.com when they raided this house and our co-hosts' houses and friends uh, all simultaneously on March 16th of last year. Uh, so learn more about that, and that is just straight up a political attack, uh, from what I can tell. So the uh, the whole point that I wanted to make on this is that Yellen cannot stop cryptocurrency. They can prohibit the transactions. They can pass a law that says, oh, this bureaucrat can tell you you're not allowed to do that. Well, they can't actually stop you from doing it. So that's the nice thing about uh, cryptocurrency is there's no middleman. There's no central authority, for the most part. There are some cryptos that are not really that crypto, I guess we could say. (laughs) Most stablecoins. A lot of of the (laughs) stablecoins, they can actually reverse transactions and things like that, so look out. Um, So be wary of that. But Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, some of these standard kind of cryptocurrency cryptos, they cannot be stopped. As long as you've got a cryptocurrency wallet and you're in control of your keys, no one can tell you yeah. you can't and send a transaction. It's, it's interesting because it, it's even more so with things like Monero, right, and Zcash. Uh, it, it adds a layer of anonymity and privacy to your transaction. Oh, they hate so, that. Yeah, they really they hate, hate that. that. <laughs> yeah, they cannot stop that. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah, it's it's interesting because Bitcoin kind of gave us control, and then the next generation of cryptos kind of gave us privacy and anonymity, and mm-hmm. they're still trying to deal with the the control. How do how do we take back? How does the U.S. government or how do governments anywhere you know take control over? It? And and they just can't. Yeah, they um, can't. They're they're failing at that. it. They can't. They can't. They don't know what to do about mm. the fact that they can't do anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really frustrating to them. Now, what they can do and they will do is regulate the central exchanges sure. because those are easy. They know where they are. They have a location. There's an office somewhere. They're already registered with the They're federal government. They're registered with the government. They're sending them paperwork. I mean, it's, it's interesting because that only works to a certain degree, right? Like, at a certain point, people have it, and there's enough people who have it that it does. you don't need an exchange, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, unlike... unlike That's why sites like local bitcoins were created. And one of the things I think they, they're afraid of is that Unlike traditional fiat, you need a central entity, right? If I want to do a wire transfer or I want to send money to somebody um, or I get cash at the end of the day, I need to go and take it to a bank for security reasons. Mm-hmm. You don't need that with, with cryptocurrencies. You know, you put a password on your device uh, and, you know, I mean, short of somebody putting a gun to your head, it's pretty secure. Yeah. What else do we need to know? Is there anything else? Um, Jerry... Brito, executive director of Coin Center, a D.C.-based think tank focused on the public policy issues facing cryptocurrencies, warned about the America Competes Act of 2022. And whenever they reference the name of the bill, they put competes in all caps. So that's the it name probably of the bill. stands for something. Yeah. In a series of tweets Wednesday, the bill was introduced in the House of Representatives on Tuesday. Noting that the America Competes Act of 2022, quote, will very likely pass in some form, Hmm. Brito explained that it contains the, quote, special measures provision proposed by Connecticut Congressman Jim Himes that would be disastrous, not just for cryptocurrency, but for privacy and due process generally. He continued, 
The so-called special measures provision would essentially give the Treasury Secretary unchecked and unilateral power to ban exchanges and other financial institutions from engaging in cryptocurrency transactions. So it sounds like they want to limit competition. The by the way, I looked it up here. I've got the I pulled the bill up. It's two thousand nine hundred and twelve pages in length. <laughs> how is anybody supposed to comply? No one read this. How is anybody supposed to comply? What? With like the law, let alone one of yeah, right, one or, law. Let, let alone me rephrase this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's what it stands for: America creating opportunities for manufacturing preeminence in technology and economic strength act of 2022. And that's such BS because any company or country that bans cryptocurrency is going to automatically be behind any yep. country that keeps it. Uh, you know, legal and able to thrive in that country. Yeah. Well, that's how they do these things, right? Like the Patriot Act. Hmm. Oh, who's against patriots? Uh, patriotism. We gotta, we gotta pass the Patriot Act. Oh, who's against uh, creating opportunities for manufacturing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It sounds very positive, hmm. but what they're actually doing here is they're going to destroy opportunity if they tell businesses they're not allowed to do business with cryptocurrency because even though they can. They can uh, not stop cryptocurrency transactions. They can really put a dampener on the industry by basically telling businesses, we're going to put you in a cage if you do this. Yeah. Because businesses are, are operating publicly. You can walk into the store, and obviously they're not going to want to get arrested I for mean, doing their business. They're constantly pushing more and more businesses into the black market, though. So, I don't know. It's, I mean, if you go too far, eventually people will just stop complying. We got more coming up. You can join us and take control of the airways. Free Talk Live. is free talk live and you can bring up whatever you want the number is 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160 you can uh, take control of the airwaves here it's ian bonnie and chris and we're raising funds for give directly it is the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty and they locate recipients who are in need in places where it is uh, not fun to live, like Bamet and Kalifi counties in Kenya, uh, where some people have to walk for miles just to get some potable water, you can go to give.freetalklive.com and help these people out. We're going to double the money by matching your donations up to a total of $30,000. And in the last decade, Give Directly has delivered over $400 million to over a million people. Research shows giving cash to people in poverty can drive a range of important positive changes in their lives, like employment, nutrition, health, and education. Plus, cash allows individuals to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid, organizations, and donors thousands of miles away to choose for them. So if you agree with that sort of uh, help, then you can uh, go to give.freetalklive.com and help out there. That's give.freetalklive.com. And yes, they do accept cryptocurrency because as of now... As much as they talk about it, cryptocurrency is not banned in the United States. But did they just ban it in Russia? I remember seeing some kind of headlines about that. Yeah, I I thought they did do something in Russia, but I don't know. (laughs) I thought they did too because everybody was saying, oh, crypto is falling in price because Russia banned it. There is a a story today that makes me think maybe they didn't ban it. Hmm. But, uh, okay, so it was the Russian central bank that was pushing, pushing to, to ban, ban crypto. Okay. So they haven't actually done it. But it has not yet. Yeah, it has not hmm. yet uh, gone through. And now Putin is apparently pushing back. 
Yeah. Again, Simon, you've got a story about that. So let's uh, let's get into it, shall oh, we? Okay. Uh, again, the number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. The Central Bank of Russia, the CBR, had issued a report summarizing its position on digital assets. And this, according to Cointelegraph.com, proposed a ban on any crypto trading and mining operations in the country. So they were talking about just a straight-up ban on uh, all cryptocurrencies. So what else did uh, you find out? So so the story I have here is ban less likely? Question mark. Putin says crypto mining has its advantages in Russia. So is he promoting it? Putin says that a surplus of electricity and well-trained personnel give Russia a competitive advantage in crypto mining. I can see that too. Um, I mean, they have like like really remote areas where they probably have electricity cheap generation that isn't being utilized because mm-hmm. you know they those towns don't exist anymore or they're basically you know I mean the populations have declined because you know they maybe they were mining towns or you know similar and if your population goes down and you have the surplus of electricity that you're generating anyway it's going to be cheap you got to use it yeah you got to use it gone. or you lose it right Russia Russian President Vladimir Putin has given crypto enthusiasts a glimmer of hope for the future of digital assets in the country, which have been under threat from the recent push to ban cryptocurrencies and mining. Yeah. It, and, you know, I've I've said this before. I, I think this is like a, there's a really strong case for Putin to uh, and, and Russia to be in favor of cryptocurrencies, especially when you have foreign governments trying to th- are threatening them. Uh, the U.S. government has been threatening them uh, with um uh tariffs no uh well i mean that too but um taking away uh swift basically swift is a international wiring yeah international wire transfers and that's how a lot of stuff gets paid Mm. you know uh when you do trade internationally right so if they take that away well how are they going to trade with other countries that's bad are they going to go back to trading gold or something i mean cryptocurrencies probably the market isn't there but if if russia started using it it would also boost demand and it would, yeah, I mean, potentially it has if, the potential. If there were a country as large as Russia that actually started doing international cross-border transactions with some sort of cryptocurrency, yeah. that would that would start an avalanche, I, I think, of I, change. I honestly hope the United States, you know, uh, goes after Russia using SWIFT because I, I think I think they it would force them. It into would this. force them into a situation mm. that would benefit everybody around the world. Mm. Um, so. The strongman leader opened a Wednesday video conference with members of the Russian government by saying he would like to start with an issue that is currently in the spotlight, the regulation of cryptocurrencies. Of course, we have we also have certain competitive advantages here, especially in the so-called mining. I mean, the surplus of electricity. Again, this is a keyword surplus, mm-hmm. meaning you're, you're generating more than you're actually using. Right. I, I mean, the surplus of electricity and the well-trained personnel available in the country. According to analysts, in spring of 2021, the price of electricity in Russia was 0.06 kilowatts an hour for household use and $0.08 for uh, businesses. To compare, in France, one kilowatt of electricity costs... 20 cents. Wow. I think it's like 14 or 15 cents in New Hampshire, isn't it? I'm not sure, yeah. um, but it's it's, it's, it's expensive not, here. It's yeah, it's definitely not where you, it's it's definitely not a place where you'd want to mine usually, right? Um, it, but he's saying it's a fraction of that over there, right? Right, right. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, one kilowatt electricity is 20 cents for households and 14 cents for businesses. Wait, what? That's- yeah. Well, and you know what? If you're buying their surplus, you could probably get a discount. Th- that's interesting. Uh, that's what I would think, but usually it's the other way around. Um, that's actually interesting. What Fran- if I if they're not if they're just not writing this incorrectly? France actually does what makes the most sense. It's giving you a discount for surplus, mm-hmm. but usually uh, I'm sorry, not surplus, but they give you a discount for most. Usually businesses they charge more for electricity. That's what they uh, said. In most places, the, but the, the Russian businesses were eight cents. Right, that's true in Russia, but in France they're saying the opposite. Hmm. It's cheaper for businesses than it is for householders wow that's interesting hmm. um well they have yeah. a lot of uh, i don't know if this has anything to do with it but they have a lot of nuclear energy so i've heard that that's right in france they do you're right energy yeah. is really cheap i mean is more cheap there so it should be hmm. yeah so this is interesting so he's actually calling on the central bank to come uh to meet with the government and come to a consensus on the use of crypto this sounds hmm. like that uh the i mean okay so if people have to understand russia is basically like a dictatorship um it yeah. sounds like the central bank is gonna have to turn around on what they're saying that's why i was what i was kind of wondering about i was like if uh, vladimir putin is saying something isn't it just law because isn't he basically a dictator <laughs> it, he's the quote-unquote president but it may be one of those things where you don't want to run against him hmm. or else kind yeah, of situation that's that's my understanding of it is don't you don't want to challenge him because you know people end up dead yeah um <laughs> So, uh, or in cages or, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, let's see last Thursday, Russia's central bank published a report. We're proposing a blanket ban on the domestic crypto. So this is what we were saying before, mm. uh, crypto trading and mining. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe the trading would make sense, but why would they, I don't understand why a country would ban mining. Um, like, like, especially a country that is That's having, be- what's well, because they're threatened by economic this. sanctions though, against them. Well, I get what you're saying, but. All central banks are concerned with the central bank, right? Like they're concerned yeah. not with the whole of Russia or whatever other the government is doing. They're concerned with their bureaucracy. Yeah, they don't really care about what is in the people's interest or what's even in the government's interest. They no. care about what's in the, their interest they as far keep as the central you know, bank going. Right, right. And they know that cryptocurrency is a threat to that status quo. We'll continue. There sounds like there's more to the story here. We'll find out what the central bank there is demanding. Uh, and the number is if you want to join us, 603-283-6160, you can take control of the airwaves here on free talk live looking for a great real estate investment consider new hampshire which is ground zero for the liberty movement your first call should be to mark warden from porcupine real estate he's more than just a real estate agent he's your new hampshire concierge where are the best places to live do you want farm city the burbs or forest do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage there are homes in all price ranges in new hampshire and mark can help with financing too invest in liberty and property mark warden can help porcupinerealestate.com Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I want to say thanks to Eli123KY, who is a supporter of the Free Talk Live AMPS program. You can join AMPS by going to amps.freetalklive.com. That'll take you right over to our uh, Patreon. We launched one of these uh, Patreons a few months ago, and thanks to the over 70 people who have since 
made the transition over because we used to have the AMP program, and then our credit card company decided they didn't want to do business with us anymore. It might have to do with the FBI raid. I don't know. They didn't say. <laughs> uh, but uh, they broke up with us, and at the same time, our website was having some trouble. So I blew up the old site. We launched a new one, and at the same time, launched this Patreon. So thank you, Eli123KY, for helping us out over there and becoming a silver supporter of AMPS. A-M-P-S dot freetalklive dot com. So, Chris, you're telling us about the Russian government gang, and there's a bit of disagreement within the gang. Apparently, there's the central bank that had come out with some sort of a report that said they were wanting to completely prohibit Bitcoin mining or any crypto mining uh, and also trans or I guess exchanging exchanges. And so now Putin is pushing back against that, saying not so fast. Yeah, uh, basically, the the Russian the Russian central bank uh, just published a report proposing a blanket ban on domestic crypto trading and mining. The report states that the risks of crypto are much higher for emerging markets, including Russia. Okay, I I am just. I have to laugh at that. Emerging, they're considering Russia an they're emerging a world power. market, right? Aren't they like number two in the world? Like it was the United States versus the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to call them a emerging market just sounds that just sounds insane. Russia's central bank has had concerns regarding crypto for some time now. In December of 2021, central the central bank of Russia, Russia governor Elvira Nad. <laughs> said, I have no idea. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna butcher these names. I always do. Uh, we can we cannot welcome investments into cryptocurrency. So, on Wednesday, Russian Finance Minister Ivan Chebeskov responded with opposition <laughs> to the proposed blanket ban, calling for regular regulation rather than restriction. He highlighted that a ban on crypto would cause the country to fall behind. The worldwide tech industry wouldn't regulation do the same thing though. I mean, of course, aren't you gonna like, <laughs> aren't you gonna push the you know technological innovation you know out or to some other country that yeah. doesn't have as restrictive of regulations? Course, but they don't see it that way. <laughs> no, I mean they don't. But like, it, it, they should. I mean, yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's the truth. I mean, this kind of reminds me of like the New Hampshire advantage, you know, in some ways, because it's like if you make it harder for people to do business in one state, then they're going to move to another. And certainly it's helped New Hampshire. Well, they don't and this care. is sort of a similar type of situation. They don't care how much it helps the people. They want to make sure they get all the cuts that they think they deserve. Uh, so I did check, by the way, on Russia as far as you know, what's their economy like. The visualcapitalist.com has a handy little, I guess, global kind of uh, diagram of sure. which countries are what size and what's their total amount of GDP. Russia is $1.65 trillion. So it is in the trillions category. It's, it's sure. that big. But it is still not, I don't know, I don't have like a ranking here. I'm just looking at relative size. So it's smaller than France, Italy, UK, Germany. Of course, China and the US are huge. Uh, India, Japan, South Korea even. Um, So, you know, it's not the biggest in the world, but it's probably in the top 20 for sure. Yeah, I mean, and and I don't know how those those, those numbers are are entirely figured out. Um, But like, 
you know, what are these things where it, it, it kind of get them from the government? Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's probably true. But, you know, one of the things that I, I always kind of think about is like, OK, well, how big is Russia? Russia humongous, it, it, not in terms of land mass, yeah. but in terms of oh, uh, population. population. And hmm. if you look at like the resources of Russia, the uh Russia has a lot significantly. Uh, they have a significant amount of resources in terms of like raw materials and things like that, right? Um, oil. Uh, I'm not even sure what else, but like mining, you know, that kind of thing, right? It's 144 million people. Yeah, so I mean, that's no slouch. It's like half. The, it's it's smaller half than the half the United, size yeah. of the United States. So like a lot of that, you kind of have to take into consideration. And a lot of the countries in Europe actually have some pretty like they're small countries and they have some pretty significant population sizes. Uh, the United Kingdom, which is like an island, I think is like sixty million people. So mm-hmm. I mean, just to keep things, you know, Japan is one hundred and twenty-five million. My right, goodness. right. So <laughs> you know, it's if you're comparing GDP, I would expect a country like the United States to be substantially larger uh, yeah. GDP than say you. Know, know the united kingdom or say russia it doesn't necessarily mean that russia is in poverty but at the same time i think there might be other factors going in in there too like okay well if your government is spending all your money on uh i don't know like weapons and things that i don't know if that has an impact on the gdp but it very well Mm. might so if they're spending disproportionately you know, on on weapons, then it also might make sense. Where that doesn't necessarily mean they they would be wealthier if they didn't do some of what they did. Um. So, so anyway. is there more we need to know from this story? Oh uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's see here. Yeah, one last thing, I guess. Uh, Putin conceded that expanding the use of crypto carries certain risks given its high volatility. Well, you know what's interesting about that is I hear that there is a I, a, I, I hate to call it a stable coin, but a true, apparently, cryptocurrency that is a stable coin that has been forked from Monero. And I don't yes. really know anything about it at this point. Haven? But is that what it's called? I Haven. believe so, yeah. um, which kind of begs the question, where is crypto going to go if there's actually something that is really a cryptocurrency and it has more stability to it? All those um, concerns that people have, all the criticisms that people have about cryptocurrencies... They kind of go out the window. Yeah, because that would be so permissionless. It's supposed to be a um, decentralized exchange that sells. Maybe you guys know more about it than I do. Um, I know a little bit about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not allowed to use crypto, but I'm still right. following it closely. Sure, I'm fascinated sure. Uh, by these developments. You're not what's, prohibited what's from having up. a newspaper. Correct. Well, they don't cover this stuff in the newspapers, <laughs> but well, uh, I, I can go to like you know news.bitcoin.com and and read about stuff. Sure. Uh, so it's interesting. They have these algorithmic stablecoins. We actually touched on these last night uh, on the air, and this one that you're talking about, the Monero fork called Haven, is one of these algorithmic stablecoins. Now it's right now it's it's nowhere near even the top hundred. It's it's a pretty new crypto from from what I understand. So you know it's like a lot of these things, completely speculative. Who knows? This sure. thing could be a a scam from top to bottom. It could be uh, something that just fizzles out, or it could be something that all of a sudden shoots up the charts and takes the world by storm. But the thing is, Monero itself, the original kind yep. of number one uh, privacy coin. It's not really like setting the world on fire because it doesn't seem like people at this point really value privacy. I, that's why I don't think it's taken off. It's maybe it's just the because one. it's a little harder to get like actual Monero that isn't tracked. People well, don't want to jump through that. I mean, maybe, but there's there are. I mean, when there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> if you want to get Monero, you're going to find out that there are online websites that you don't have to even sign up for. 
that you can just send some Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or whatever mm. into these sites and they send you back the Monero. You know, I don't know which it, ones are the best, but I know that they exist. You know, it's it's interesting because in some in some respects, I, I feel like some of the arguments against cryptocurrency, they're not they're not entirely wrong about, you know, like and and this is kind of and I think this is kind of a good example of this. Like I think cryptocurrency has a ton of value. But most of the people yeah, who about are, a trillion dollars at least right now. <laughs> sure. But most of the people who are who are or I don't want to say using it, but people who are who have it, let's put it that way, right? Mm-hmm. They're not using it in the way that it it's really intended. Um, at least not the way Bitcoin was originally intended. As a Bitcoin currency, was intended right? as, as peer to peer cash, right, right. And I and I think there is some fair criticism there. Absolutely. Um, and I, you know, but to to the, in that same respect, it kind of overlooks the fact that there's nothing stopping us from having a more stable, uh, you know, something that would be agreeable to them as far mm-hmm. as cryptocurrencies are concerned. And and it's Haven sounds like it it could be that. We could continue here. Your calls and thoughts are welcome and share whatever is on your mind. Plus, is crypto a giant Ponzi scheme? There's yet another claim about that. We'll- Yep, it's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us and take control of the airwaves. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, a Danish newspaper is apologizing to their readers. And we'll tell you what that's all about. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. And then uh, coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about cryptocurrency since that's where we started tonight and... You know, honestly, it is, in my opinion, one of the most important things out there on the planet to bring more freedom to the world. And, of course, the governments of the world have finally figured that out. At first, they just, you know, ignored it, and then they laughed at it, and now they are fighting it. Now they have figured out (laughs) that this thing is a threat. It has been let go too far without any kind of regulations, and they're going to try to crack down on it now. It's too late. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that, Bonnie, but that doesn't mean they're not going to fight and claw and attack and kill and harm as many people as they possibly can as they go down into the tar pits of history. So uh, (laughs) we go on, though, with your calls and thoughts. Uh, First up, he is Mehdi calling us from Canada. Mehdi, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Ian, Bonnie, and Chris, hi. Thanks, Mehdi. What's on your mind, man? Uh, Good. So I'm going to uh, Ottawa right now, actually driving. Uh, I was going to tell you guys, I don't know how uh, if the audience knows too much about this, because it's a Canadian thing, really. Um, so uh, what the government, the federal government was going to do is mandate truckers if they cross the international border. So from going to the U.S., mm-hmm. coming back to Canada, if they're not vaccinated, they would have to isolate themselves for 14 days. Mm. before they can pick up loads and do anything else, which would basically mean your, their money is gone, right? Like they're right. going to have to quit jobs and stuff for those 14 days. It started as that, and then now it's become more of a... and uh, to get rid of mandates for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is good. Um, mandated vaccines, uh, mandate uh, QR codes. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but in Canada... Uh, to go into a restaurant, movie theater, uh, lots of you know indoor spaces, you actually have you actually have this vaccine passport. Oh my God! Is it the whole of Canada? Is it every province, every territory? 
I'm pretty sure I don't want to be quoted on that. It could be mm. a Google thing you could see. For sure it's in BC, mm-hmm. Quebec, uh, Ontario, Alberta. Okay. So I know it's in, All a, the in biggies. a bunch, but I technically don't, mm-hmm. no, don't know if it's a federal thing that they have. Okay. That they're imposing on the businesses. Um, that's a bit concerning, at least for me, because it kind of is a... So basically, it's a QR code, and you have to show ID. So, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but yeah, yeah, you have to show your driver's license to show that you're that person. And you have a piece of paper or it's on your phone that has a QR code. That's exactly what they've been doing in major cities in the United States as well. Uh, Have they? Yeah, New York City, uh, Chicago. Boston, I believe, just put that into play very recently. Uh, San Francisco. And what happens if you don't have one of these QR codes? You don't get to go in to do things. They won't let you yeah, in. You can't, you, you can't go in. You're not allowed in. Wow. You um, didn't know that, Chris? Yeah, now they do. Uh, no. Yeah. No, that started back in, I think it was, I think New York City was the first city. Uh, San Francisco followed shortly thereafter. This was back in probably August, September. And huh. it's been city after city after city has been adding it. I believe that uh, King County, Washington is the first county uh, to require it. And I don't think there's a state level yeah, my, requirement yet. My travels outside of New Hampshire have been much more limited than they, they were prior to COVID. Sure. So. Uh, and so, yeah, going to right. any of these big cities, you're going to have a real tough time if you don't have hmm. a vaccine. And, uh, Medi, I was aware that, the, like, I'd heard some of the things about Quebec uh, province, but I didn't know that it was all across uh, at least the southern tier of uh, of Canada's provinces. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is federal, but I, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. don't quote me on that if it's federal or not. I know for sure it's Ontario, that's where I am. I know for sure it's BC. Like the places of people I speak to. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know Quebec uh, has a curfew in place as well. So there's a tremendous level of restriction Wait, going what's on. What's the point of the curfew? There is no point. You didn't hear the virus. No control. The <laughs> virus doesn't move uh, during the the daytime, so it's okay to travel during the day. <laughs> this is a joke, but, right? No, of course, it's no, well. The curfew's real, but <laughs> yeah, what's the point? I have no idea. It's total control. That's what wow. all this is about. It's not about stopping people from getting sick because we know that vaccinated people can carry and can transmit right. the, uh, this you know disease. So the whole thing is all about obedience. It's all about total state control. And the truckers, uh, we've been covering this story, Medi, throughout the week, as, at least as best we can from what we hear. Uh, we've had a few, a few people call yeah. in about it. Uh, truckers, some say tens of thousands. That number seems unbelievable to me and to a lot of people uh, but, but others are what saying are you seeing, hundreds yeah, are you seeing thousands have you seen what have you have you physically seen them in real life no no so they are there already most of them the convoy is already gone okay so i'm just gonna go there now because the actual protest part starts uh the official start is tomorrow at noon so I'm going to be there. Now, this is um, going to be... A, there, is their plan to block the streets? What is it that they're going to do? I don't know if their plan... I don't know what their exact plan is. I just know that they want to stay there until the mandates are lifted. I mean, that's huge, so, right? Because there's not going to be enough motel space or whatever. The truckers can sleep in their own cabs. Yeah. so That's probably not an issue for the truckers. Yeah. At least not long-haul truckers. Although I understand that there are a lot of people just driving regular trucks and cars, backing them up. So it's not all uh, you know, big rigs that are doing this. Uh, but what have you seen? Have you seen the videos online? I've heard some people say that the yep. the convoy was as much as 70 kilometers in length at one point. Some estimated as many as 3,000 trucks could be in a convoy that that was that long? What do you think? 
Yeah, so I have seen 70 kilometers. The old record I know was an Egypt uh, truck convoy of 7.5 kilometers. Wow. I know for sure that's been broken. Okay. That's been broken for sure, but I don't know exactly the number. The, the number that I am consistently hearing is 70 kilometers, though. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of video online. I know you don't have Facebook. Uh, Aria does. I'm not sure if Bonnie does. But uh, if you go and search, like, Convoy 2022 or something like that, mm-hmm. you'll see there's 800,000 people. It's a public one. That's the official one. And if you honestly want your phones to blow up, if you put a post on there saying, hey, we're Free Talk Live, we're pro-freedom, blah, 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 you know, you're going to get mm. a lot of people calling about what's going on. <laughs> Just so you know, nice. it's uh, Freedom Convoy 2022 Canadian. And now okay. Australia is doing it, by the way. And there are some posts showing Europe. There's a lot of truckers in Europe that are doing convoys meeting in Brussels or something. I'm well, not sure. You know, you know uh, what? One thing I can say is that this is potentially uh, could have a serious economic impact and force the government's hand if they, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, you, if you got enough people involved, enough truckers. I mean, our, the backbone yeah. of every country's economy just about is truckers. Yeah, they can. I mean, the, the economy yeah. sinks or swims yeah. based on these guys I yeah. mean, and these women. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, by the way, with this, as far as this QR code and showing ID is concerned, it's basically, and same with the states, like you said, you have uh, some things like that, right, in cities. It's basically giving an underlying uh, infrastructure for a surveillance state, if you want to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, it's putting that backbone there. So even, you know, if they put this out, they can, once you already have that uh, citizens accepting that this is okay. Yep. It's just now they can put anything in that QR code, right? Like that now yep. it's just a matter of what color crayons you want. It's just a slippery like slope. The vaccine mandate, yeah, just like the vaccine mandate, mandates. Once they can mandate putting that jab in you, now what they put in there is just a matter of opinion now, right? After that. Because the precedent has been set that they can put something in you. Yeah, yeah this you know this reminds me very much of why I, I was always very opposed to things like fingerprints and um, you know. Uh, DNA like swabs for prisoners and things like that because it's like you know that's where it starts because it's like you know who cares about the prisoners right but then they eventually it yeah. ends up being you and it, it's 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 like you know where do you stop it there there is no there, it doesn't stop it just continues on and on and on and until it eventually affects everybody exactly because the main the main thing that you're gonna have to get people on board is actually putting that needle in you right after that it's just a it's uh, just quibbling of what's going to be in the needle after that. Yeah, sure. Right? So it's a bit scary with that. But, um, Mehdi, will you yeah, do us so a I'm, favor? I'm I mean, if you if you think about yeah. it, tomorrow night, give us another call and uh, or, or when the weekend's over, whenever you get a chance, whenever you get around to it, give us a wrap-up on you know what you saw there in Ottawa when you, when you arrive. Sure. For sure. But do, I mean, if you do want a lot of uh, info on it, I would go to one of those, like, you know, go on Facebook or one of those... Uh, Things. There's only a few sites mm-hmm. and uh, like a few web pages or whatever it's called, the Facebook pages. And uh, yeah, you're going you're to get a lot of people then calling because, you know, they're, they're all happy that uh, Joe Rogan mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Well, feel free to drop our contact information in there. I don't think any of us are on Facebook. So, yeah. None of us uh, here. Yeah. Oh, no one? I thought Aria is. Well, Aria is, but none of us here. Yeah, no, no, nobody here in this in the studio oh. tonight. But feel free to drop in, you know, let them know we've been covering it. And yeah, definitely want, interested in hearing from people. Drop a phone number in and somebody can give us an update. Mehdi, thanks for the call tonight. We're definitely keeping sure. our eye on this one, and it's very interesting. We'll continue. Hour two's next. You can share your thoughts. 
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. So, phones are open. We're going to go back to them, and then on the way we can dig in further uh, to the latest attack against cryptocurrency. It's once again being called a Ponzi scheme, except this time it's being called a giant Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so, Hey, we're serious. It's a giant Ponzi oh, scheme this time. I, oh, I hope we have some good res- responses to that, because this is not the first time it's been called a Ponzi scheme. No. And I know that it's not a Ponzi scheme because what like defines a Ponzi scheme, it doesn't quite match up with it. Not even um, close. Yeah. And it's like, I understand there, you know, and it's crazy because there are some things to be concerned about, I think, but it's not a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> and we've addressed the Ponzi scheme aspect of this, but yeah. this is yet another attack and it's, it's actually fairly detailed. So I want to get into it uh, when we get the chance. But first, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. First up, Sam is calling us from the seacoast of New Hampshire. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm 10, and I'm here to say that vaccine mandates and mask mandates are best. If you go to the CVS and go to get a vaccine and ask what's in it, they're going to give you a blank piece of paper. Mm, we if, you saw that. Local, if you go to a local public school and look at the kids, they're all wearing masks. It's a psyops. The government is making people scared. I think it's wrong. Now, I have to ask, Sam, are you reading that off of like a prepared statement? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote it down. You, b- oh, but you good. actually, but you, you wrote actually it wrote it. Yes, I did. Okay, nice. Now, you talked about the government schools. Do you go to a government school? No, I'm homeschooled. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. nice. <laughs> All right. So, are you? I uh, may I ask you this? How did you find Free Talk Live? Uh, by a friend. A friend? Okay, because you're, you're a little out of our typical demographic, but I'm glad to hear that you're listening, and I'm glad to hear that uh-huh. uh, that you're interested in calling in and, and sharing your your thoughts. That's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. It, you seem very well-spoken. Uh, what was it that, like, where were you when all this started? Were you, st- were you living in the seacoast, or were you living somewhere else, and you kind of migrated here with your parents? No. I was living in Berkeley, California. Oh my wow. God! What a oh. huge! I was in, 
You probably know more about it than we do. What were you saying there, Sam? You were what? Oh, I was in fiat zone. Fiat zone? (laughs) Fiat zone. (laughs) So, uh, Berkeley, California, was that's where you were when the whole COVID thing started? Yes, that's where I was. What is, I mean, obviously, you know, you were pretty young. You must have been eight, right? If if you're 10 now, you must have been eight at the time or roughly thereabouts, Uh, right? Yeah. And so I take it your parents decided it was a good idea to get out of Berkeley, California and move to New Hampshire. Is that what happened? Yes. What was that like for you? I mean, when you were you grew up in Berkeley, California, one of the most hard left liberal places in, you know, probably on the planet, and yeah. to move to one of the freest places uh on the planet, could you tell like was there an immediate difference that you noticed when you first moved to New Hampshire and if so, what was it that kind of clued you in that this place was different? Oh yeah. So, first of all, Everyone was nice. Way <laughs> fast. They actually say hi when you say hi to them. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. That, that definitely sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and, is, so uh, Berkeley's one of those places where if you walk down the street, people avoid making eye contact. They never speak to one another, that kind of place? Yes. Mm-hmm. So have you ever had to wear a mask for, uh, I don't know, if you've ever went to public school or, I don't know, have you ever been forced to wear a mask, Sam? Uh, yes. I used to be in the government public school system oh, wow. uh, in Berkeley. Hmm. And I had to wear a mask six hours a day straight. Oh, that's so Wow. Sad. And, um, <sighs> yeah, it, uh, you could, you know, ask for a breathing break it, it's like taking off your mask wait is that and going outside wow. is that is are you, are you serious yeah they have something I, called i'm not breathing i'm breaks? serious i'm serious a breathing wow break. you know That's it's insane. it's it's interesting because i usually don't think of these masks as being that big of a deal but i usually am thinking about it from my perspective i go into a place and i put a mask on for two seconds and i take it off when i you know when i leave like yeah I, you know at most but to think that they're actually you still do that do you no okay yeah. i mean I, I haven't i mean i've done it like <laughs> no no okay, i mean we're living in Keene, new hampshire yeah. i mean it's like nobody's wearing a mask um oh yeah they are okay okay there's a lot of people nobody's wearing the mask okay there's let me every single person this. in Coles. we were at Coles. all today. the people i'm around are not wearing masks sure well you're around so. free staters and, and libertarians all the time but sam very interesting so you noticed that people are nicer here in new hampshire was there anything else that jumped out at you um yeah before the mask mandate in Portsmouth indoors. Nobody really wore a mask. If you went downtown, you know, you would see people outside with a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you went into Hannaford, you know, not much people are wearing masks. Not much people, and a lot of people are not wearing masks. Hmm. Well, that's good to know. Um, I know Portsmouth is like Keene, and they're both sort of pretty liberal cities as far as the people that yeah. uh, that live in them. But it's definitely a less less uh, liberal place than Berkeley, California. So I'm glad to hear that it was such a positive Absolutely. move. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that your parents got you out of the government school system. Because sadly, the kids yeah. at the government schools in New Hampshire, it seems like they're, they're still being forced to wear masks. So I don't know if there's yeah. any kind of uh, exit out of that besides getting your kids out of government school. Is, so kudos that, to you. I mean, is that... 
it, that can't be all throughout all of New Hampshire because there's been so much know. fighting with that. Maybe right? not the North Country or something like that, but around here, that's the way it is. And and, 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 and east, I, I believe it in Keene. That in might the seacoast, it is as well. From um, what I understand, they're arresting people at school board meetings for not wearing masks. Yeah, out in Timberland yeah, yeah. School District. So yeah, and I'm conscious of that. And I've been. I mean, I have. And here's the thing: like, I'm not following it really deeply, but I'm yeah. on. Like Telegram groups and Matrix groups and things like that, it's where so they're bad. talking about it, right? It's so, so bad, Chris, that right now there's a bill in in front of the New Hampshire State House yes. that would actually prohibit school boards from mandating masks. Right, and I'm aware of that bill, too. That gives you some um, idea of how bad it but, is. But, you know, the, the fact that people are fighting it kind of, I, I guess it kind of it kind of makes me think that, I mean... I, I know I know we can fight things and lose and lose and lose and lose. Don't get me wrong, but it kind of makes me think that, it, you know, there isn't it's not 100 percent of the people supporting it. You know, the masks. Right. So, no, of course not. So um, but I feel it's, like it's probably yeah. most of the school boards are supporting it because those yeah, are control freaks. for sure. I, I don't doubt that one bit. <laughs> Sam, great call tonight, man. I definitely appreciate hearing from you. Thanks. Yeah, for, call us back if you have anything yeah. else you want to say. Yeah, he's probably one of the most well-spoken right. callers. Thanks. Sam. Yeah, definitely. One of the most well-spoken callers that, that we've had in a long time. Uh, Sarah is on the line. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> yeah, you've got a, a high bar set for you here, Sarah. How are you going to live up to this? <laughs> well, I just want to say that, you know, the there are many um, large apartment complexes here that are choosing to become smoke-free. So, they, so I mean, we're talking about maybe five stories high, uh, maybe like 100 units, mm-hmm. those big buildings, and even... Um, and they're asking everybody to smoke outside. No smoking at all indoors. Now, is that and, something uh, that they can do if somebody has a lease that allows smoking? Are they just updating their leases when their lease runs to renewal phase and saying, all right, well, if you want to stay, you now have to agree you can't smoke? Or are they just asking people to comply with these new rules? Well, I, I that's the part that I, I just kind of... Um, that's the part that I was kind of wondering. I guess is that when they renew the lease, that's the policy. They just can't. I, I just. I don't think they just impose it. But that's what the complex have decided. So if you're you find a one year lease and then this this happens right in the middle of it, I guess they do have to give you time to adjust. But the whole yeah. point is that it's the um, insurance liability. That once there's a fire, yeah, that's true. A cigarette smoker is definitely more likely to, you know, fall asleep in bed with a cigarette in their hand, and and then the whole building goes up. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. The number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Looks like the smokers are going to have to form their own apartment building soon. Uh, You can join us. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phone's open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. Ian Chris. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. We had a news story that Bonnie shared with us earlier in the show that came from news.bitcoin.com. And they've got the top news headlines every single day it's not all about just bitcoin it's about the cryptocurrency industry bitcoin bitcoin cash and many others uh you can get the latest headlines anytime over at news.bitcoin.com and 
They've also got all kinds of things for newbies. So if you're brand new to crypto, get over there, hit get started at the top of the page. Introductory videos. You can buy Bitcoin and other cryptos through Bitcoin.com. So a very, very handy site. Lots of good information. That's Bitcoin.com. Uh, so should we get into this Bitcoin attack piece, the latest hit piece by, let's see, Sohail Andres Mortazavi? Over at jacobinmag.com. Now, do you know what Jacobin Mag is? No. As What's I understand it? it, it is a hard leftist publication. So, I don't know if they're straight up communist. I, you know, I kind of almost feel like that would make them pro-Bitcoin if it's hard left. Like, anything that's usually, like, on the fringes seems to... Yeah, I you always know. thought that that uh, cryptocurrency could be very appealing to people on the left. Yep. If you are someone who actually believes in helping the little guy, right, which is a lot of people on the left, they want to help the poor, they want to help uh, the sick, they want to help yep. people like that, right? Uh, they want the little guy to have a, an even playing field or whatever. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I know a lot of people on the left that were that have crypto stuff on their like websites to make donations or you know you know accept payment, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a there's a lot of pressure from part of the left. To attack cryptocurrency. That's why they say it's not good for the uh, right. uh, for the earth or whatever. Oh, too much power. Yep. Yeah, yep. there was this r- ridiculous article that came out saying that uh, cryptocurrency is racist. Wait, yeah. what? They've got right all this, this incredibly That's ridiculous insane. attacks. So Makes you no know, sense. You know that these are the status quo leftists, right? These yeah, people yeah, yeah. that they're already in power. They like being in power, and they, they know, like giving power to the big guys more than the little guys. Yeah, and they know how to scare off. The average leftist just tell them it's going to hurt the environment, and they're they're going to be against it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what they're doing now. This magazine, Jacobin Magazine, as they say it themselves in their little header, uh, it's a leading voice of the American left, offering socialist perspectives on <laughs> politics, econ- economics, and culture. So, so now you know what you're getting into. Uh, and they only publish four times a year, <laughs> so. They're that lazy. They don't have enough content or they don't want to do it. Uh, Anyway, here's their hit piece on cryptocurrency. And they just start out heavy here. They say cryptocurrency is a scam. All of it. Full stop. Not just the latest pump and dump S-coin schemes in which fraudsters hype a little-known cryptocurrency before dumping it in unison or rug pulls in which a new cryptocurrency's developers abandon the project and run off with the investor funds. All cryptocurrency and the industry as a whole are built atop market manipulation without which they could not exist at scale. This should surprise no one who understands how cryptocurrency works. Blockchains are, at their core, simply append-only spreadsheets maintained across decentralized peer-to-peer, which they put in quotes, networks, not unlike those used for torrenting pirated files. Oh, (laughs) wow. That's really interesting. you know, you would think pirating would be a very mm, would be be more supported by the left the than left. anybody uh, because it's it's yeah it's uh, but they're not against things like intellectual property, are they? I would think they would be. I mean, under I think under the like communism, they're, they're they're like you can't make money, right? And if you, I mean, I don't know. I, hmm. It seems like to me that it would be a very you know that would be I don't know. But this is kind of one of these things where it's like, are these actual social? Like, I mean. They so, say so. They say they're socialists, but but 
are they do they practice socialism and it doesn't sound like it well, well how can you, you practice- could create you know a socialist uh, utopia with a cryptocurrency so i don't see what it's just a tool how could I, it all I, I agree be a scam? I, I agree with you entirely bonnie it is just a tool well how do you practice socialism without a government that's a socialist government. The whole ideal of a socialist is to take control of the state and then have the state take yeah. control of the means of production. Yeah. yeah. So they're just fantasy in fantasy mm-hmm. land, you know. Uh, he says, just as torrents allow users to share files directly, cryptocurrency blockchains allow users to maintain a shared ledger of financial transactions without the need of a central server or managing authority. That's a true statement. Yep. It may be the only true part in this article. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. It's a pretty lengthy piece. Users are thus able to make direct online transactions with one another as if they were trading cash. And again, you would think... Why, why are they against cash, right. right? Like, this just seems insane. Yeah, and you would think they would be in favor of cutting out the big banks, hmm. cutting out the mega tech corporations, but no, they're saying this is bad? It's bad to be able to have an online transaction direct person to person. I mean, that's this as is, grassroots as it gets. It, it, and this does kind of follow with like socialism and communism. It's it, they're trying to make the system as inefficient as possible. And, you know, and look what happens. I mean, we have, you know, we have lots and lots of examples of socialism in practice and it, it fails again and again and again. Sure does. He says this, we are told, is revolutionary. But making unmediated online transactions securely in a trustless environment in this way is not without costs. Cryptocurrency blockchains generally don't allow previously verified transactions to be deleted or altered. The data is immutable. Why would you want to be able to delete it or alter? That would be manipulation, and that's bad for you know right. e- economics. <laughs> Updates are added by chaining a new block of transaction data to the chain of existing blocks. But then he's kind of explaining what a blockchain does there. And again, that's that's true. And I don't get how it's, you know, bad. Oh, this he's is, got more I to mean, say. This is like coming out against accountability, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And and theoretically, like, isn't that isn't that what socialists want? Is accountability? I mean, how do you have a government like be pro government and then not want accountability in the government, right? Well, that's a good question. I mean, ultimately, the people mm-hmm. who were communists who did get in control of a government, like the Russian uh, communists. They did not want accountability. Right. They did not want transparency. They'd shoot you if you sure. disagreed with them, right? You're going off to the gulag work camp and you're probably going to die in the, you know, the sub-zero temperatures because they're not going to give you any boots. It just sounds so hypocritical to me. Of course it is. Uh, but going on. But to ensure the integrity of the blockchain, the network needs a way to trust that new blocks are accurate. Popular cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin all employ a proof-of-work consensus method for verifying updates to the blockchain. Without getting overly technical, this mechanism allows blockchain users, known as miners in this context, to compete for the right to verify and add the next block by being the first to solve an incredibly complex math puzzle. Oh, that's That's what they don't like. They don't like competition. (laughs) That's so true. But (laughs) thus far... The description here is is accurate. There's a lot of really poor media articles about what cryptocurrency is, and mm. they just don't know what they're talking about. They got this one. It's right so far. Going I, on. I have to wonder where they pulled it from, like where they copied and pasted it from. I don't know. I think this person probably understands it. Uh, we'll see. The, po- the point of this process is to make adding new blocks so difficult that meddling with the blockchain is prohibitively expensive. Though the correct answer to these puzzles can be easily verified by anyone on the network, actually being the first to find the answer requires an enormous amount of processing power and thus electricity, and outcompeting the rest of the network is impractical. So we'll talk more about this attack. But there's also luck. You can also uh, get the block or mine the block 
Or what is mind the answer through luck? Well, some luck is involved, but you've got to have a lot of processing power to have that luck. Uh, There's more coming up here at 603-283-6160. We'll continue. Your thoughts are welcome. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because... I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether it's talking about the truckers heading to Ottawa, Canada for a massive protest, potentially shutting down operation of the city itself, which would be really interesting. It's going to start tomorrow, I guess, at noon. I don't know if that's central time. Is Ottawa in central or eastern? I think it. I don't know. Wherever it is, it's nearby somewhere. It's like in the central or eastern, uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, so we'll we'll find out more as that develops. If you want to weigh in, you're certainly welcome to join us. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Chris in the studio here tonight. We've got a socialist rag called the Jacobin Magazine. JacobinMag.com with a straight-up attack against not just Bitcoin, but all of cryptocurrency. He says cryptocurrency is a scam, the author Sohail Andras Mortazabi continues, and what he's doing to start the story here is explaining basically what Bitcoin is, not getting too technical about it, and so far, it's a pretty accurate description about what is the blockchain and you know how does the mining uh, aspect of it work. And for their troubles, he writes, miners collect a reward for being the first to verify the next block. The Bitcoin blockchain adds a new block every 10 minutes. That's on an average. It's sometimes longer, sometimes not so long. Uh, And the block reward is currently 6.25 newly minted Bitcoins, worth nearly half a million dollars at Bitcoin's last all-time high, which was around $68,000 a piece. Competition for block rewards has led to a computing power arms race as prices have risen. Mining bitcoins on a personal computer is no longer feasible. The majority of cryptocurrency mining is... Oops, sorry about that, Chris. Go ahead. Eh, I don't know about that. I mean, you can still mine. You just have to be part of a pool. Yeah, and, but you do have to have special equipment. You can't just plug a laptop in and But do is bitcoin it millions mining. of dollars? It's not unfeasible. No, it's not millions of dollars. It's hundreds. Yeah, I mean, you do need you do need powerful hardware. I mean, for it to have any kind of worth to you, obviously, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, you have to have specialized mining tools. Again, that's just Bitcoin, though, not necessarily other cryptocurrencies. Other cryptocurrencies are easier to that's do. That's true. On, yeah, Monero, I think yeah. you can use a laptop. And he did say at the beginning that this was about all cryptocurrencies. He did. So. He did. Uh, so he goes on. He says the majority of cryptocurrency mining is now conducted using commercial mining farms, essentially huge warehouses running thousands of high-powered computer processors day and night. The electricity expended mining Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is rapidly approaching 1% percent of global usage which is famously greater than the total electricity consumption of many smaller developed nations so he's he's trotting out the environmental uh tactics here yeah which is to be expected from not anywhere near the amount of energy used by the military industrial complex or the banking system and and not to mention you know we're we constantly are talking well i feel like i'm constantly talking nowadays about waste energy you know it's Mm -hmm. it's the electricity that's being produced like for example at night pretty much everywhere that's not actually being utilized because the utilization goes down below you know the actual amount of electricity that's being produced people are sleeping right people are sleeping you don't have the lights on that means it's a perfect time to mine crypto because it's cheap you know uh when when nobody's needing it you know it's it's the time you want to do those types of tasks and so here he gets into the part of the article where we're going to be able to tear it up so he says given that cryptocurrencies don't produce anything of material value This enormous waste of resources renders the whole enterprise a negative sum game. That's retarded. Okay, that's like saying the banking system doesn't offer something of value, right? Like, I think when I go to the bank, you know, I might not like the bank, but when I go to the bank and I try and do a wire transfer to buy some Wi-Fi adapters for my business, you're telling me that doesn't have a value? I mean, what's the alternative? Shipping gold bars to China in order to buy Wi-Fi adapters? Right, you can't. I mean, that's that's insane. You can't get gold across customs. They're going to steal it. (laughs) Right. There Uh, is some value from a uh, digital currency, whether or not it's crypto or not. But it certainly has value because it does enable you know somebody to conduct transactions online there's tremendous value in that absolutely and, and it's interesting that he uses the term material value well is it physical no it's but not he's already f- yeah, but saying a uh, language that sounded anti-cash at the beginning if, if like that cash argument so held water right private. then you're telling me that wire transfers are also have have no material, material value, value. Yeah. which just it just sounds ridiculous yeah uh, well, these are people who hate markets, right? They're the the, the leftists. I, they I, hate I guess. I mean, this is this is a communism. Like this, this is more of a communist kind of argument. If they're going to socialist magazine, so of I course mean, it is. Yeah, it, <laughs> I guess. I but I mean, again, if we start looking at communism, like, can you show me a communist country that is you know really successful that's not based no, around like be done. you know resource extraction or something of that nature? There's no such thing as a successful communist country. Mm. Uh, there's some communist countries that still exist, but they're yeah. not successful. Yeah. Uh, investors, he says, can only cash out by selling their coins to other investors. That's not true. You can spend it. Hmm. That's true. I mean, you could say you could you can interpret a spend as a sell, right? Like you're trading, you're selling I your coin guess. in return for a hot dog or a but bowl of fun noodle soup his, or something. His point is supposed to be that it gives you no material value. So uh, Chris's point that you can buy things with it. Shows yeah. that that's not true. He's, he doesn't even right. know that, probably. He has no idea uh, that that's even a possibility. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You can also pay people with it, and you can get in return absolutely. work for it, right? Like, right. So if somebody uh, you know wants to mow your lawn, and you want to pay him in cryptocurrency, that's another way yeah. to get out somebody of Somebody needs to come to New Hampshire, because we'll show you how cryptocurrencies show are actually used no, in the world. I don't think world. the socialist needs to come to New Hampshire. No, that's right. Yeah, uh, visit. Just a stay visit. Up. You know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll change some minds about... You can watch a video. 
Yeah, that'll work too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, but only after the miners and various cryptocurrency service providers take the house's rake. In other words, investors cannot, in the aggregate, cash out for even what they put in, as cryptocurrencies are inefficient by design. All right, so he's not being uh, fair. There are, literally are thousands of cryptocurrencies. It's, it's, man- it's manipulating reality, right? It's They're supposed to be inefficient. Like That's the whole point of, it wouldn't be worth something if it wasn't inefficient. When you say it's inefficient... To mine. You, I mean, it's it's supposed to be inefficient. It's costly. It's costly, which is yeah. a sort of inefficiency. But it's efficient in that you make more. Like if it if it wasn't wasn't worth doing, you wouldn't do it. It's right? worth like, doing not because of how efficient it is, so much as because it it's it's a limiting. Like the inefficiency is limiting. Uh, makes it rarer. Right. Right. Exactly. So well, some miners are more efficient than others. So you can buy a well, mining rig talking, that is sure. But we're talking about we're talking about something different at that point. I think. Well, I think what he's referring to is that when you when you get a Bitcoin and you spend the Bitcoin, it's going to cost you point okay, so zero the, the zero. efficiency of the transaction. I think that's what he's referring okay, to. Okay, which here. which also doesn't make sense, but maybe for different reasons. So the point that I wanted to make about this is that yes, there is a fee in order to spend your cryptocurrency. In fact, there's a fee when you spend your credit cards and you mm. spend your debit cards. And the fee, in most cases, is much higher. There's a fee when you do a wire transfer. And in every single cryptocurrency's case, except Ethereum, the fees are much, much lower than a wire transfer there's to transact money. taxes whenever you use U.S. dollars. That's true, too. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of hidden fees when it comes to U.S. dollars um, that people don't understand because right. they don't see it like... They don't see it as a separate like taxes. You'll see on the bottom of your sheet, but they don't show mm-hmm. the hidden taxes and right. of of using the cryptocurrency or, or I'm sorry, using of using the fiat currency, right? So, but if they did, they would show you things like oh, there was a six percent cost because of you know credit card transaction fees, and um, you know there was a a cost even if you're using like U.S. dollars, like physical dollars. Well, there's a cost to producing those dollars, and sure. that has to be paid by either inflation or by taxes or some other means and because you don't see it doesn't mean it's doesn't not mean it's there, not paid. right and if you look at um if you look at it from a business perspective like i have a business and most people don't look at it from a perspective because they don't have a business and they don't understand right. this but i understand this because i have a business and if you look at like our profit margins they're less in some cases than like than the fees and the costs of those running those transactions. So if, yep. if you're making $70 off of selling a computer and there's a 2.9% fee on that. It's not even worth doing it. it yeah. Your, your profit margin there. The, the banks are actually making more money than you are off of your transaction than you are. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's an important point. And, and you're right. A lot of people, have, especially socialists have never run a business. No. They don't know <laughs> what it's like to be a business owner. If you get a lot of cash in your business and you take it to the bank, guess what? There's a fee. The bank's going to charge you a fee to do a cash deposit yep <laughs> now the average person doesn't encounter those fees because they don't deposit enough cash to hit the level where the fees get triggered but they still get you with their fees in other ways yeah right? i've only had that i happen i think one time where i deposited enough cash to make that cost come into effect There's it's like more oh man up. i forgot about this free talk live It's Free Talk Live. Phone's open. You can join us here. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
We're sharing the latest hit piece against cryptocurrency. This one isn't just against Bitcoin. This is against all of cryptocurrencies. With you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. And don't forget, you can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com and you can enjoy the features there. We've got a social media site at social.freetalklive.com and that allows you to create content share with other listeners of the show and anyone else in the Mastodon network because it is a Mastodon-based site. That means it's open source. That means it's self-hosted. That means it is federated, and it's pretty cool. It works just like Twitter, except without the mega corporation telling you what to do. So head over to social.freetalklive.com. And Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. So if you want the freshest news and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty... You can go to freedomsphoenix.com and get them there. That's Freedoms Phoenix, Freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. They've got uh, the Daily Dispatch, which will keep you up to date on the latest on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. It's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. So back to the hit piece here. Cryptocurrency, uh, he says, is a scam. All of it, he says. That's just so ridiculous. It's a tool that does what it's intended to do. How can you just call that a scam? It's not not that it is a scam. It is more like there are scams. And just like people use the U.S. dollar to commit or uh, in the process of scamming somebody, they use cryptocurrency. I think people... These scams, most of these scams that occur with cryptocurrency were happening before cryptocurrency, you know, uh, or before Bitcoin was created, right? There were... were, that's not what this guy is claiming. He's claiming that yet, it, is a, it is a scam because in the title he said it's a giant Ponzi scam. He's saying it's fundamentally a scam because they're taking <laughs> fees and because lots of electricity and so on and so forth. But of course, not all cryptocurrencies use is a lot of Visa electricity. Is a scam? I mean, because they <laughs> also might, charge a he fee. He might say that, actually. Okay, MasterCard is a scam? Is the bank a, a, a scam because the bank charges you you know, a, percent, or a 1% to deposit you know, cash? Great question. I suspect I mean, he would be against those things too. What does he only want the government to deposit bread in a bread line to people, Maybe. and nobody can use money to exchange goods? It wouldn't surprise me, right? Like the I, the true communist uh, vision of a lot of them is to eliminate money entirely, I mean, right? Know, so of course he would be against money. You know what's humorous about this is that communists, like during the Soviet Union, they actually had. Um, uh, I believe the was it the ruble. I don't know if it was called the ruble. Whatever it was, yeah, but they, they had, had money. They had dirty sure, fiat, right? Just like the capitalists did. Yeah. Whenever <laughs> is a central bank going to abolish itself? Like the the whole vision of communism is okay. Yeah. Well, we only need the government temporarily, and then we're going to abolish the government, and it will be true paradise on earth. Everyone will share everything from each according to his ability to each according to his need. But why would the government make, abolish itself no, at any point, especially it, a central bank? Yeah, it, especially it is, when you give them all the power, right? It is interesting. There is there was one thing that is kind of interesting. At least some of the scam that exists with like capitalism is in the taxes, like the sales taxes, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that the Soviet Union didn't have when they priced something. They put ten, you know, I mean ten rubles. It was ten rubles. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be ten rubles and like a tenth of a ruble for like taxes. It was what you. It was what was advertised. Well, we have that here in New Hampshire, but we're not a communist uh, state. There's no sales tax here in New Hampshire. That is true. Yes, I mean that's not yeah. a, it's not a sales point of of communism. That's just 
They just didn't have that tax. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, this makes them a poor and costly form of currency, he says, and absolutely ludicrous as a long-term investment. I mean, how can you even say that when Bitcoin has been the number one investment in the last decade? How can you call it ludicrous? I hate calling it an investment, but at the hmm. same time, it, you're right. I, like, I'm not going to deny the fact that it has been the best investment yeah. in like. I don't know if history is the right choice of words, but certainly in the last decade. It wasn't made with that in mind. No, I, mean, I don't it wasn't. think Satoshi Nakamoto predicted that necessarily. He made it, as you said earlier, or she, we don't know who Satoshi is, but Satoshi made Bitcoin as peer to peer cash. Right. So it was it was intended to be a currency, not some sort of investment vehicle. And, and you know, in some respects, that might actually sort of be a failure of Bitcoin. You know, it, 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 it has unfortunately not done as well as a as a currency as it has as an investment vehicle. So uh, he goes on with another common objection about cryptocurrency. He says we could dismiss them as a doomed experiment in the, quote, greater fool, unquote, theory of investing, in which investors attempt to profit on overvalued or even worthless assets by selling them on to the next greater fool. Think of it as gambling on a high-stakes game of musical chairs. If the rising price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies were simply a function of demand, he says. You know, there is something that I kind of, I kind of have to. How do I say this? There is, there may be a flaw, right, in 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 how we're thinking or something. Like, for example, we think of cryptocurrency or Bitcoin generally as like gold, right? But gold doesn't like a digital gold. Yeah, but gold doesn't behave the way Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies generally do. Bitcoins, what do you mean? well, I mean, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency generally go they, they become more valuable over time, whereas mm-hmm. gold tends to stay more stable. Yeah, but gold has also become more. I mean, when compared to the dollar, over time, gold has become more valuable. It's not been true in the last decade generally. Yeah, but over well, the dollar uh, is two hundred years. The dollar more like is more like it goes down, but gold stays more stable, and Bitcoin guys kind of goes more an sure. upward direction. We see the dollar going down. The average person doesn't. The average person sees the price of gold was three hundred dollars an ounce two decades ago, and now right. it's eighteen hundred dollars. Right. right, but the point that I'm trying to make is that it. It it doesn't really do what gold does. If it did, yes, you're, you're right. It goes uh, it goes up much faster. Right, which kind of kind of it, it, it can it's in, in some sense that kind of. I think it's just because not be a- everybody who's going to be in the market is in it yet. People new people are joining all the time. It's a new thing. It's not. I mean, gold. So is it hasn't ancient. found its level. Yeah, it, ha- it hasn't levered. Uh, yeah, it hasn't like leveled out. I think that's probably a good way to describe it and explains mm-hmm. why. You know, whereas whereas gold, everybody who's into it is already into it, and yeah. you know they're not gaining people. Whereas, you know, cryptocurrency is the the demand is increasing because more and more people get on every day. But what so do you eventually think- it should stable out. Okay, but, but what about the greater fool theory that he's talking about? Because this gets brought up by a lot of people, not just leftists. It gets brought up by like the old money people who want to attack Bitcoin, that love the banks and love the old system. Explain what it is. So he talks about it here. So the idea is investors attempt to profit on overvalued or worthless assets by selling them on to the next greater fool. Okay, so you know this is this is not exclusive to Bitcoin. We have the same problem with uh, re- uh, real estate, right? Um, exactly. It, it, we have this with all sorts of other asset classes. So I don't think it's... How about the dollar itself? 
right? Like in a situation of hyperinflation, we don't think about it like this in the United States yet. Mm. Like we're seeing inflation. There's right. always been inflation. It's now more recognizable than it's ever been, at least in my lifetime. Sure. But we're not like Venezuela level hyperinflation, right? Where when you go into a bar and you sit down and you order a drink, and then, you know, half an hour later when you order a second drink, the price has gone up. Yeah. Right? That's, it's not that bad here yet. But isn't that the same situation where you're trying to get rid of your boulevard, your Venezuelan boulevard, and turn it into a beer or turn it into a loaf of bread before the price uh, continues to escalate on it? Isn't that also the greater fool? Like, you want to get rid of this stuff. And, but the difference, of course, yeah. being Bitcoin can go up in value and the Venezuelan boulevard or the U.S. dollar is going down in value. So I just don't buy this. And again, he's also ignoring the fact that, as you pointed out, cryptocurrency is something you can use for payment. It's something that you can use to pay somebody for their work. It's something that you can use to pay for a, you know, a bowl of soup or yeah, whatever. It's, right? it's more like we're quibbling over how good the algorithm is. And I, I think in some respect, you could say Bitcoin is a terror. It's, it's, it's not that great. The it's algorithm dated. is, is dated. dated and it needs improvement. It needs work. And um, and they refuse to work on it. And they refuse to work on it. I think that's a fair you know, assessment of Bitcoin and a lot of cryptos. But I don't necessarily think that's a fair assessment of crypto in general because we have – there's other criticisms of Bitcoin. Like it's not anonymous. It's not really sure. private. Um, but there are cryptocurrencies that are private like Monero and Zcash. And it's not that they solve every problem, but they do solve some of these problems. And there are now cryptos, apparently decentralized cryptos, um, that also solve some of the, you know, what they've referred to as instability. So if that is in case. You're talking about stable coins. Yeah. Well, not stable coins specifically, but more like, and there might be another one out there too, but more like um, uh, the the Monero fork that's. uh, Haven. There's also a bunch of cryptos that have next to zero fees. So his his concern about fees. Right. Is not true across all of cryptocurrency. Like Stellar, for instance, it's there's certainly less no than fee. bank fees in many cases, in, in a lot of cases. Stellar, you can you can exchange on the Stellar network. You mm-hmm. can send Stellar for for nothing. They, they'll actually whatever the fees are are so small. Stellar, the organization will reimburse you for it. Yeah. So there's literally no fees on some of these things. IOTA, I don't think there's any fees on that too. Uh, more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, Hour 3, kicking it off here. You can join us, the number 603-283-6160 at 603-283-6160 in the studio tonight. It's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. We are talking about a fairly detailed and I would say interesting uh, hit piece by the leftists over at Jacobin Magazine against not just Bitcoin, but all of cryptocurrency. This guy claims that all of crypto is a giant scam, and he's going to try to make his argument for that. He doesn't like the fact that there's fees involved, even though there's some cryptos that have absolutely no fee or a so small a fee you can't even tell uh, that it exists kind of fee. He complains about the electricity consumed, even though it uses less electricity than the banking system. And as you pointed out, Bonnie, way less than the (laughs) military-industrial complex. So we're going to continue, though, taking this uh, this post down. And if you want to weigh in, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. 
So um, he gets into his next segment here. He says, uh, headline, the central bank of crypto. This isn't some big secret. He says, in a widely circulated 2017 paper, researchers attributed over half of the then recent rise in Bitcoin's price to purchases made by a single entity on Bitfinex, a cryptocurrency exchange headquartered in Hong Kong and registered in the Virgin Islands. These purchases were timed to buoy the price of Bitcoin during market downturns in a way that so strongly indicated market manipulation the authors found it inconceivable that such trading patterns could happen or could occur by happenstance critically these purchases were not made with dollars but with tether another type of cryptocurrency known as a stable coin because its price is pegged to the dollar so that one tether is always worth one dollar many offshore cryptocurrency exchanges lack access to traditional banking presumably because banks deem doing business with them too risky bitfinex which shares a parent company and executive team with tether limited which is the issuer of its namesake crypto, uh, struggled to find U.S. banking partners after Wells Fargo abruptly stopped processing wire transfers between the exchange's Taiwanese banks and their American customers in 2017 without giving reason. This was a problem. Without traditional banking relationships for issuing wire transfers, exchanges cannot easily facilitate trades between buyers and sellers on their platforms. Someone has to pass cash between buyers and sellers. Stablecoins solve this problem by standing in for actual real dollars. They allow cryptocurrency markets to maintain ample liquidity, the ease with which assets can be converted into cash without actually having to have cash on hand. You're right. Uh, Author, cryptocurrency is amazing. Yes, it is indeed. (laughs) Tether has become integral to the functioning of global crypto markets. The majority of Bitcoin trades are now conducted in Tether, 70% by volume. By comparison, only 8% of trade volume is conducted in real dollars, with the remainder being other crypto-to-crypto pairs. Now, that's interesting. I did not know uh, that detail, but it's completely believable to me. I believe that that is true. Um, if you've seen exchanges, you I mean, know that Tether is the and, largest trading pair. And this is section. the thing: like, I I don't think that this. Uh, you know, I think there are valid criticisms. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. And I think this, you, you kind of might be bringing this is kind of a point that I think isn't. I, I I'm not writing it off entirely, right? Like, no, I'm not either on um, this one. Uh, but that doesn't mean that crypto. Your your conclusion that cryptocurrency. You know, is one big pyramid scheme. That doesn't mean that cryptocurrency is not one big pyramid all. scheme or, you know, it's a fraud or any it of It may things. mean that Tether is a fraud because that's what a lot of people that have be. been. That's what a lot <laughs> yeah. of people have been alleging for a very yeah. long time. And Tether has, from my understanding, never really satisfactorily shown its books, has never really been yeah. audited satisfactorily. I mean, this is something that's this has been a concern in, you know, at least libertarian circles since the beginning of stablecoins. So <laughs> let me go on. He says many industry skeptics and even its proponents see this as a systemic risk and a tipping a ticking time bomb. And I don't disagree with him. If if it's true yeah. that if it's true that Tether isn't backed to the point that it that it is, right? Like so they uh, Tether's issued 70 plus billion dollars worth of Tether, Tether, which means they supposedly have 70 billion dollars in a vault in multiple bank accounts, in U.S. treasuries, in all these sort of quote-unquote dollar existing, I mean, what are you call it, I, dollar I they equivalents. Did, they did expand that to be assets as opposed to dollars specifically. So, Like I said, treasury, be, treasury bonds, yeah. and things that are essentially cash-inable for, for dollars. Yeah, sure. Um, so if they don't have what they say they have, let's say they only have $30 billion sure. instead of $70 billion. Well, what's that going to, if that ever comes out, that could absolutely crash the price of Tether. 
And if indeed these cryptocurrency exchanges are leaning on Tether as their major trading pairs, right? Like, so a trading pair is when you go on a cryptocurrency exchange, let's say you have Bitcoin and you want to exchange it into something else. Well, it's not Bitcoin. Pick something more obscure like... uh, Acoin. Acoin or Monero or something like that. Whatever it is you have, there's probably only a trading pair to either Bitcoin or to Tether. And there's not like there's not like a Dash to Monero trading pair. There's not a uh, so you have to if you have Dash and you want Monero, you probably have to go from Dash to Tether and then Tether to Monero, or from Dash to Bitcoin and then Bitcoin to Monero. So if there's a bunch of these exchanges that have just Tether trading pairs and then Tether takes a dump, then that's going to be really bad. So I but do will agree it be with that big critique. of a deal if they come out with decentralized? stable coins before that happens that's an excellent question as well yeah so i think that these exchanges need to consider decentralizing their stable coin options and not leaning on this one yeah, stable coin it, so heavily. you know you actually kind of have to wonder if um if that if this change does occur it could undermine you know tether and undermine the whole system as a result too um as people move away you know the cracks in you know in stable coins you know traditional stable coins begin to show and then you know i mean when you have nothing left and you 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 can't pay out that could be bad you yeah it could cause a problem too he says the whole system relies on traders actually being able to exchange tethers for real cash or, far more commonly in practice, other traditional cryptocurrencies that can be sold for cash on banked exchanges like Coinbase or Gemini, both headquartered in the United States. Should faith in tether falter, we could see its peg to the dollar collapse in a flash. This would be a doomsday scenario for crypto markets, with investors holding or trading crypto assets on unbanked exchanges unable to, quote, cash out since there was never any cash there to begin with, only stablecoins. This would almost certainly cause a liquidity crisis on banked exchanges as well as investors rush to cash out their crypto anywhere possible amid cratering prices and banked exchanges processing far less volume would almost certainly not be able to pick up the slack. He's really not making that great of a point to me anyways because it's not an issue that's integral to cryptocurrency. It's not like this is an issue that will will always and has to be an issue with the idea of cryptocurrency because if uh, they come out with decentralized stable coins and uh, exchanges decentralize their options, like you said, it just wouldn't be an issue anymore. They so. could head this off if they do that. But, yeah. but his point is still good in that most of the exchanges have not done that. Yeah, but I'm uh, what and, I'm saying is it doesn't prove his point that cryptocurrency is a scam. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Crypto it's, is not a scam. His conclusion is wrong, He makes hmm. even though he makes a few points that are not terrible. He's pointing out that the industry is too centralized. Honestly, absolutely, it's too dependent and I on think this that's one something stable we would agree, I think we would. I think yeah. the three of us I agree, I think agree on him on that. He says uh, further, there's no reason to have any faith in Tether. Uh, Tether's peg to the dollar was initially predicated on the claim the currency was fully backed by actual cash reserves, a dollar held in reserve for every Tether issued, though this was later shown to be a lie. The company has since continuously revised down claims about how much cash they keep in reserve. Their latest public attestation on the matter from March of last year claimed to be holding only 3% of their reserves in cash. The rest was held in, quote, cash equivalents, unquote, which is mostly what they call commercial paper, essentially IOUs from corporations that may or may not exist, given that reputable actors trading in commercial paper don't appear to be doing any business with tether so there's a huge question mark about what these people actually have to back up their crypto it's it's interesting if if they're smart right 
it actually is probably better. And, and I don't know, like, I don't know what the story actually is, but if they're smart, I would think that they would be investing all those dollars into things that actually grow in value over you would time. Think, yeah, uh, because then they would have more in in assets than they ha- value in assets right. than they actually need in order to, to have in you know dollars. Well, wouldn't they have and, to? And, and because how else money. could they pay? How else can they pay their bills? Right, right. Like if you just you would hold, think they would have yeah. to probably. So more coming up yeah. here at six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. But they've never really been like truly clear about transparent yeah. or clear. And there's really some huge question marks that exist about them. Uh, you can join us though six zero three two eight. 36160. This is Free Talk Live. Yeah! Free Talk Live. Phones open. You can join the show. Number is 603 6160. That's 603 6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. And we're going to continue with your phone calls. Also, more of this attack against cryptocurrency by the left. People at Jacobin Mag, which is basically a socialist rag. We will continue with that here in moments. Also, definitely want to let you know about Intercoin. And Intercoin is one of those of many thousands of cryptocurrencies out there. It's, it's you know, very speculative investment. But it's an interesting concept, and you can go to intercoin.org and learn more about the Intercoin vision. They did launch their investor token recently, and it is available on a centralized exchange, xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. Uh, you can sign up there with an email address and keep your privacy intact. And indeed, you can trade Bitcoin for Tether <laughs> and then use Tether to buy ITR. And if you're going to use Tether, use it temporarily, in my opinion. You should not hold Tether for any longer than is absolutely necessary to conduct whatever trades you're looking to conduct. But that's what you have to do to get it over at uh, xmarkets.com. Uh, eventually, you're going to find more, I think, availability on decentralized exchanges. But if you want to, go to exmarkets.com and you can buy some ITR there. That's the Intercoin Investor Token, uh, exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. Joe is on the line in Michigan listening online. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, the other day um, the Biden administration announced that, uh, I'm not sure if you guys covered this or not, but they announced that they're going to, for national security reasons, they're going to through executive fiat, they're going to uh, start regulating Bitcoin or uh, cryptocurrencies. They did say so, that, yeah. We're still waiting on the fiat itself on the executive order, uh, supposedly within the next few weeks. Well, you can, leftists are like the Borg, you know, they're like the hive mind or whatever. So I don't know if yep. it's coordinated or what, but just be prepared because over the next few weeks and months, every left leaning newspaper, Mm. You know, oh, network yeah. on TV, they're going to start doing hit pieces on Bitcoin. Well, Haven't Bitcoin they already has, started. Yeah. Maybe it's already started. They, it might they've get been crazy, doing this though. for a little while now, like, I don't know, yeah. a week or months at least. Years. Like, they've been hitting months. Bitcoin for they years. Have, yeah, but, but when this comes out, I think it's going to be really big. I feel like they've ramped it up recently with, like, the environmental aspects of it that yeah. they've brought in. They've really mm. started ramping it up on and the environment. You know, before they were talking about other stuff, but now it's like, you know, a little bit. But now it's like super over the top mm-hmm. kind of stuff well bitcoin has survived this uh constant onslaught for years and if they ramp it up it's just going to mean more attention bit to bitcoin yeah. mm-hmm. okay yeah. bring it on well they're um they'll use the environment mm-hmm. or they'll use all these other excuses but are, what it's about is control 
You know, totally. they don't want average people have it. They don't, the government doesn't like competition. Who knew? They, you know, these socialists, they say, well, you know, we're for the common man and all this. Look what Bitcoin and all that's doing for little third world countries, little villages and all that. It's really helping them out. Yep. But they're not dependent on them. That's why they don't like it. You know, anything that cuts the, the umbilical cord of, you know, especially common working class people from the government, the socialists are going to fight, man. You know, they want power. So they're going to try their best to destroy Bitcoin. I don't know how they're going to do it, but. They're well, not going to. The it's good news it's is, over for them. Yeah, they can't destroy Bitcoin, but they can make life difficult. Uh, in a regulated economy where businesses do whatever it is the government tells them to do, and if they do target the Bitcoin exchanges, it's going to become difficult to acquire Bitcoin. Uh, a lot more difficult. Like, it's not easy right now in order to get, you know, through the legitimate quote-unquote me- means. you got to go and jump through a bunch of know-your-customer hoops, and sometimes they'll just reject you because they don't like your address or they don't like, you know, I mean, whatever. You know, this is true, but... I think at the same token, it's not that hard to get set up with accepting cryptocurrencies either. Um, sure, if you so, want to accept them at your business, right, that's so one way to do it. But, but if you want to, if Bitcoin drops, if there's a huge yeah. dip, and you say to yourself, "Okay, that's it, I'm getting in." Well, now you got to figure out how to get in. Yeah, I and think, I think you're right. It's, it's tricky. It, it makes it, especially if you're only accepting it, it's hard to, tr- and you know, but you can you can go and buy. Uh, stablecoin with Bitcoin, though, if you're accepting it, though. So it's not like you they'll make can't. It, yeah. They'll make it expensive to use, probably. You know, they'll have, you know. How? Taxes, fees, I don't know. I mean, I mean they've already done that. Already what, there's already, a, what, a 37% tax on it when you I mean, relying. I mean, the thing is, relying on people to pay their taxes, it's probably not the best strategy. I mean, there's already a... Uh, I don't know if they would call this a gray market, but like, I mean, when you pay the, you know, the person who mows your lawn, I mean, are you, the, the, you're probably paying them who in reports cash, right? That? Like, like, or if you tip the waiter, I mean, how much of that do you think is actually getting reported? A fraction of it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd like to see these politicians taxes half of them, but it's another story. But, um, yeah, they are going to, yeah, they are going to make things more difficult on the companies that try, that are essentially the on and the off ramps to cryptocurrency. And that will make life more difficult. It will mean that more direct person to person purchases will, will also, have to happen. It'll also incentive, I think in some respects, it incentivizes people to use cryptocurrencies more and more because who wants, you mean not cash out, keep it just circula- circulating? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why would, why would anybody want to hold? dollars which they're forcing into bank accounts which are then going to ensure that they get taxed Mm -hmm. whereas if they just go with the crypto uh, they don't have to pay any of the taxes go ahead joe i was saying it's kind of like the um there are a lot of people especially younger people you know when they see the man's out for something it's just going to pique their interest in it and it's um i don't think crypto is going anywhere i think it's the future Mm -hmm. but i think the um the government man it's going (laughs) to Especially the United States government, they're going to do everything they can. Yeah. To well, that's because and make it. That's because the government's the past. Like you said, crypto is the future. The state is the past, and you know they're not going to go away quietly. And I agree with Joe that a lot of people, I think, especially younger people and um, people on both sides, maybe a little bit more people on the right, are now in the in the mindset of anytime the government, aka the mass media comes out hard against something they're like oh i should be interested in this because the government mm. is telling me or 
it's not really the government. I mean, it is basically the government, but mass media is telling me to hate it. So I should actually be interested in this. That's a good point. The lots same, of people. Yeah, that's how I think. The same people that wanted to force injections into your arm are now telling you to stay away from cryptocurrency. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, Power, Joe, man. thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you, uh, you calling and sharing your thoughts tonight. Let's go to Maureen calling from Aberdeen, Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I was just wondering um, why you don't why you talk about Bitcoin a because lot. it's the future. You're living in the future <laughs> because it can take down the state because it can end the status quo of abusive money. It can take down the central banks. It can take down the huge banking apparatus that we have that abuses so many poor people and gives so the money many, to yeah, the people it's, it's, or the power to the people. Yeah, I, I think I think people have to understand that the state impoverishes all of us. Right? It doesn't matter whether you're wealthy yeah. or you're poor. It impoverishes you. Is it impoverishes is you more than you would otherwise be impoverished by the state if mm-hmm. it wasn't for the state, right? So, I think that's the big thing. It's not. It's not like you know. Maybe if there could be a perfect government, you know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But there can't be, and therefore, you know, we're all better off. It's also something. And Marine, if you want to hang on to continue the discussion, I'm fine with it. You can. It's also something you can do something about. You can't do anything by voting. You're never going to vote yourself into more freedom at the federal government level, but you can get more freedom in your life by walking away from the state's money. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Phone's open. You can join us here. Number 603-283-6160. 603 283 Here tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Chris. And you can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. Got a lot of features on our website. And one of them is our podcast, RSS feeds. You can go to feeds.freetalklive.com and you'll find some links there. Pop them into whatever podcast player uh, that you want to use and you will automatically receive the latest episodes of Free Talk Live. Very, very simple. Uh, head over to feeds.freetalklive.com as we go back to your calls and thoughts. We were sharing with you a, a fairly detailed piece by Jacobin Magazine, the hard left socialist rag, which, to be fair, one of his critiques is a pretty solid critique uh, yeah. when it comes to Tether, which is a really questionable stable coin, and a lot of the industry in the exchanges leans on this particular stable coin. But that doesn't mean that cryptocurrency is a scam. It doesn't mean that there aren't really legitimate, excellent, I mean, <laughs> well-designed cryptos out there. Humorously, the reason that you know uh, cryptocurrencies are so reliant on it is the regulations and governments and things, too. So mm. it's kind of... I don't know about that. I think it was there first. It was well, the first stable coin, and that that's what got it established. He's making a good point. He's saying that the reason it has to be relied on so much is because uh, banks not wanting to... I guess it's not oh, really I a government thing. Yeah. It's a banks thing, not wanting to You're work You're saying with because the exchanges. government is... is re- well, the banks don't want to deal with the exchanges because they don't want the government to come down on yeah. them. So right, ultimately, right. it is a government-created yeah. problem by them squeezing out the market. Uh, the, the, what do you call the On-ramps, basically, yep. making, making it more difficult to get cash turn it into crypto right uh let's bring maureen back on the line though she was curious best why are we talking about bitcoin so often when there's so much else in the world to talk about is that right maureen what are your thoughts um yeah i'm just you know it's interesting bitcoin i have my partner um he uh is far left Mm -hmm. 
And um, I'm like on the right side now, but more in the middle. (laughs) And what does your partner think about Bitcoin? uh, I don't think he hears it. He doesn't hear it? Rachel Maddow. Ooh. In Russian TV. (laughs) Hmm. Okay, so he doesn't have any opinion about, about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? You know, I've never asked him. He's so far left. Well, Russia might get into the cryptocurrency scene soon. Could be. Yeah, but Russia's not really communist anymore. It's more... How how would you describe it? It's more... Mixed economy. No, it's more like a, it's it's a mafia. It's more like a mafia crony control, capitalism. Crony, yeah. yeah, just like, like the US. super crony capitalism, probably just, just like the U.S. Yeah, um, yeah. here's what but I would I suggest. Just, I just said that because she said he watches like RT or whatever. Here's the thing, Marine. Yeah. You don't have to buy or get into cryptocurrency to appreciate it. You can look at it from you know the outside and and come to understand why it makes sense. Why the decentralized concept is a good idea for money, even if you yourself, because there's some people say, you know what, I'm too old for this. I'm just, you know, I got my gold, I got my silver, uh, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, but but that doesn't mean you can't appreciate it for its beauty, its uh, its effectiveness, and what it can allow the individuals to do. That said, though, if you've got kids or grandkids, it makes for a great you know Christmas gift or whatever or a birthday gift, and your grandkids will think you're like the coolest grandma ever <laughs> yeah uh so it is worth kind of learning about it when you get the chance marine thanks for the call tonight i appreciate it the number is 603-283-6160 so we're talking about this uh stable coin tether which apparently 70 percent uh of the volume of bitcoin trades are conducted in tether meaning that of all the trades going on in a 24-hour period from bitcoin to another crypto versus you know and, and back or whatever 70 percent of them involve tether that's a lot uh, now, as it points out here in this story, we don't know what is true about the reserves that Tether claims to have. They're supposed to have a dollar for every sta- dollar stablecoin that they issue, but they don't. Or a dollar they, equivalent. Well, they've admitted that they have quote-unquote cash equivalents, and only 3% of their reserves is actual cash dollars in a bank account. Wow. And so there's more to say about this. He points out, even with these modest claims, or While even these modest claims about their reserves may be a lie, as Tether has never undergone an external audit. And that's a really important point. Like, back in the day, there was this cool thing called the Liberty Dollar, which was a silver-backed warehouse receipt, and they also had actual silver pieces, one-ounce silver pieces. They had, like, half ounces and uh, quarter ounces and things like that, too. But their main piece was this actual piece of paper that, was a warehouse receipt, meaning that in some vault with a guard standing out front, right, they have an ounce of silver. For every one of those warehouse receipts, they had an ounce of silver in a bank vault, or not a bank vault, but a privately held vault. And what the Liberty Dollar would do on an, a, you know, I don't know how often it was, once or twice a year, or maybe more often than that, I don't know, but they would hire a third party independent auditor to go into that vault location. With whatever it was that Liberty Dollars, Liberty Dollar would say, we should have this amount of gold or this amount of silver in that vault. So they'd go in with the what Liberty Dollar claimed to have, and they'd go and they'd actually look in the vault and say, okay, yep, they've got this amount of silver. Yep, they've got this amount of gold. Okay, we, the third-party independent auditor, we're signing off on this. Boom. Case closed. They've got it. 
Did the feds take all that stuff? The feds took it all. Of course they did. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is the problem. This is the problem with With centralized money. Yeah, with centralized money. Um, You know, governments can come in and take it. Potentially criminals can come in and take it. Uh, Even your You're repeating yourself. Yeah, even Mm -hmm. your. Yeah, I am. Uh, even your bank account is not necessarily safe. Hell you know, no, um, people have this idea that your their funds are insured by the federal government. <laughs> um, that's actually only partially true. If the bank get, I'm trying to think what, when that actually comes into play. But basically, like if you get defrauded or something of that nature, your yeah, that bank doesn't. Come doesn't into play. You know, the government doesn't insure it. It's and only if the bank. bank closes. Right. Right. So. Basically. Your money's not as safe in the, the government's banks as And even you then, think. they're just going to print it. Like, yeah. Or, right. you know, if the bank gets robbed or they close or whatever, and they can actually honor this, then they're just going to print it. Yeah, they'll print more and it'll become worth less. So, uh, so again, the, the reserves may be a lie. And Tether's terms of service make it clear they do not guarantee the redemption of their tokens for cash. So it's right there. <laughs> it's not like they're hiding it. So basically, they're, it's just one big scam. <laughs> Should the market suddenly lose face in Tether and exchanges become unable or unwilling to exchange them one for one with dollars or the respective amount of cryptocurrency, Tether accepts no obligation to use whatever reserves they may or may not have to buy back the Tethers. It sounds like this author found out that Tether is a scam and wrote a article about how all cryptocurrency is therefore a scam, which mm. is stupid. And in practice, Tether rarely buys back or, quote, burns their tokens, which means sending the tokens to a receive-only wallet so they can't be circulated. As one would expect if the purpose was simply to provide market liquidity as claimed. If that were the case, we would expect the overall supply of Tether to close track, closely track daily crypto trading volumes. Exchanges would only keep enough Tether on hand to cover trading volume and presumably sell off or redeem excess Tethers for cash when fewer people are actively trading crypto. Instead, their supply has been growing exponentially for years, exploding during crypto bull market runs and continuing straight through years-long downturns. There are now over 78 billion tethers in circulation and rising, about 95% of which was issued since the latest cryptocurrency bull market started in early 2020. There's no conceivable universe in which cryptocurrency exchanges should need an exponentially expanding supply of stablecoins to facilitate daily trading. The explosion in stablecoins and the suspicious timing of market buys outlined in the 2017 paper suggest, as a 2019 class action lawsuit is alleging, that iFinex, which is the parent company of both Tether and the exchange Bitfinex, is printing Tethers from thin air and using them to buy up Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies in order to create artificial scarcity and drive prices higher. So if that's true... It's a very interesting theory. You know, I, I do have to wonder, though. I mean, let's say, you know, that they're doing it. Why would they do it all at once? I mean, that seems they like... They haven't it, done it all at once. They've done it over a period of years. But they're doing it more often in the last two years. Yeah, but I mean, usually when it jumps, it jumps pretty high, pretty fast. And so it seems like it would be they would want to do it. They would be buying Bitcoin, you know, at a slower pace so it doesn't get noticed. Good question. The number here is 603-283-6160. Uh, there's more to say here, and your calls and thoughts are welcome. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Is this all a you know house of cards? We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and phones are open if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160, 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Chris in the studio here tonight sharing an attack piece against cryptocurrency, which turned into really an attack against Tether, the stablecoin. 
Although, honestly, this is a lengthy piece and we're not even halfway through it. So we're not, there's no way we're going to get through this story tonight. But I will post it over at social.freetalklive.com. And you can uh, look at it in detail there. That's social.freetalklive.com. We're going to go back to your calls and thoughts, though. Uh, first up, we have Phil calling us from California. Phil, you're listening on the TuneIn app. What's on your mind tonight? Okay, I just wanted to share an experience uh, I had with a Bitcoin ATM. Um, it's the I think they're the largest Bitcoin ATM company in the United States. Um, well, basically, what what happened was I sold some Litecoin, about five hundred dollars worth. It was just to pay. I was gonna put my mom on a plane and have her go visit my daughter, and um, I was using a a talk the Talkatone app, and uh, they I lost the number. Talkatone deleted my number and told me to get a new one. What so is Talkatone? Is that like a pay arena? Sorry, it, it it's just kind of like a dummy number you can get. It's kind of like hmm. Google Voice. I, oh, okay, a throwaway number. It's a yeah, texting, okay, it, it's a texting app. Yeah, gotcha. So, uh, so anyways, I sent them the money. I gave them a refund address in case anything went wrong. So I lost my number, so I tried calling this company, and they wouldn't talk to me. They wouldn't refund my money. I sent them the receipt from my wallet. Um, I sent them all this stuff. So they basically stole my $500. Wow. Whoa. Okay, so let me see if I'm following this. So a lot of these Bitcoin ATMs or Bitcoin vending machines, they require a phone number or like an ID scan or both, depending on how much you're going to purchase at the machine. And so you're saying you gave this company one of these throwaway phone numbers as your your phone number? Correct. And and uh it was working fine. Actually the problem was their bit the ATM that I went to go pick up the cash at mm-hmm. um it was down. Mm-hmm. So I I mean and, and granted I probably could have used a an app like uh bit refill or something so i could have bought a gift card and just paid for the ticket that way Mm. which probably would have been much better off but because i don't have the phone number anymore even though i sent them i even sent them my id i sent them everything i sent them the wallet i sent them the text with a verification code and they said unless i call from that number and this is supposed to be the most legitimate bitcoin right I don't know if I'd call and, uh, a government, a highly government compliant, uh, you know, crypto vending machine, you know, the most <sighs> trustworthy. But that's a great point, Chris. These people are doing this. This whatever company, yeah. you, go ahead. You can name them if you want. You can say allegedly. Yeah, please do, so we know who not Coin, to use. Coin Cloud. Okay, I believe they might have a New Hampshire location. Uh, Coin Cloud. So that's what you're saying you had a bad experience with. And so, of course, bigger is not always better, number right. one. Yeah. Uh, but Correct. number two, these companies are super compliant. They do everything that the, they do more than what the government requires them to do as far as, you know, know your customer and all these requirements, these hoop jumping uh, requirements. And so that gives them a, a an ability to possibly steal crypto from people. If somebody can't, for whatever reason, comply with KYC, Oh, well, I mean, you're not going to make a fit about it. This because... sounds like something more criminal in nature because, yeah. I mean, in theory, they should just refund if if they cannot complete their transaction, right? It should be yeah, that, that it, those funds get go back returned, yeah. not that they – it, the idea of KYC is, is that you don't complete the transaction, not that you – 
that you're allowed to then steal the money if somebody doesn't comply yeah, with that's, KYC. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So this sounds this doesn't really sound particularly like a KYC problem so much as or even regulation problem. But it, it exists more like a scam. because. But hold on, the reason this exists yeah. is because of know your customer requirements. Is because they well, well, require the thing, this. Maybe. Well, what I was going to say is the thing. The problem is not because if it's under a thousand dollars, they don't require ID. Mm-hmm. So they have a refund address that I gave them right. in case anything went wrong. But because I don't have the phone number that I originally signed up with, right. they won't even talk to me. You can't and they prove. Say, oh, it's free. You can't I, prove that you correct. are who you say you are because I, they don't even, know who you are. I have a question for you. Even I have, though I said, yeah. Have you asked them what their policy is as far because it might just be they automatically refund you if nobody picks up the cash? Not likely. Nope. No, they huh. told me this is what I w- this is what I was told by one of their one of their people. I talked to a manager and he said, "Well, if we had we had a customer calling about a transaction that was two years old trying to get a refund." And I said, what's your policy? So you don't, there's no timeout of these transactions. Because I figure like mm-hmm. you know, legitimate business, if, if it took too long or, or the transaction didn't go through over a certain amount of time, whether it's a week or two weeks, they'd at least, they'd refund it to the address. They have the address. They just took my money mm-hmm. and they, they say, we, we're not responsible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and then, and I'm like, you're stealing. So the policy is, if if something happens, you steal the money. No, the money's waiting for you. Right. You just need yeah. to call from the phone number. Ridiculous, that's which you ridiculous. cannot get. The yeah, phone number is gone. This sounds like a consumer, uh, like a consumer trade kind. Of, uh, what, what does that? Where do those organizations? And look, I'm talking like the Better Business Bureau or no, something. There's some. Uh, I think most states well, have a government agency. A government agency, and this sounds like a issue that is not a regulatory banking type issue. It's a consumer. Some sort of like consumer fraud uh, agency oh. type of thing. I'm not well, saying they're going to do anything for you. I'm just saying that like yeah. that's what it sounds like, and it sounds like if enough people were to report it, I don't know, maybe somebody might they look into it. They also blocked my number, so I can't even call for my regular number. <laughs> well, I have a question. Wow. So I kept I kept calling. I just got a bunch of different numbers, and I kept calling. Oh my god! So if anybody wants to just keep calling and ask them if their policy is stealing. Because I've been doing wow. that for the past. What was your question, Bonnie? I just wanted to ask Sorry. the caller: Did he uh, try contacting the the phone number company and just explain to them why you need that number again, or is it just impossible? I, I did. I sent them an email, and I, I've gotten nothing in response. Mm. Mm. And I even tried. I even went as far as trying to change my phone number, <laughs> my Verizon number, over to that number. But it, wow, I was going to try it. to port it in. Mm. Phil, thanks yeah. for the call tonight, man. Good luck, and thanks for sharing that story with us. So yeah, the, yeah, the, the cloud the, one is the only one I saw in San Antonio. The only coin ATM. cloud. Coin yeah. cloud. Uh, so the the lesson here is if you're gonna buy, thank you, Phil. Uh, if you're gonna buy from one of these machines and they require a phone number, you ought to give them your real number because using one of these throwaways is going to be risky. Yeah, definitely risky. I think in some respects this probably was mm, self-inflicted, but at the same time, um, it, I think the answer to the, the the best way to deal with these sorts of situations, particularly if you want to have some sort of privacy, is to buy your crypto in cash You know, from physically from another person if you can. Yeah, I think it's a bad idea for him to go to any better business bureau, whatever people, because that's just going to make them say, oh, look at this issue we, we have. Need we to need regulate. to regulate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that, Bonnie. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the This is answer. a result of regulation. <laughs> I, I, the, I, the reason I why it. they're collecting phone right. numbers 
Congress right, is because right, right. They, the government could come knock it. on their door. <laughs> if the government comes and knocks on CoinCloud's door and says, we want to see all of the customer info from the month of whatever, and then they have to show it to them, and it's got to yeah. have numbers, and the, it has to have info. And, and you're right, Bonnie. The best thing to do is not to do business with this company, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is the if best only way there for were crypto vending to... machines run by people who respected your privacy. I know, right? If only the government didn't exist. <laughs> if only right? they didn't arrest us for, uh, you know, for that. Um, so just a final thought here from this story, because uh, again, like I said, we're not even halfway through it. Yeah. But he makes an interesting conclusion. He says, in, at least in this section, Tether has effectively become, this is the central, or the, uh, the stable coin. He says it's effectively become the central bank of crypto. Like central banks, they ensure liquidity in the market and even engage in quantitative easing. The practice of central banks buying up financial assets in order to stimulate the economy and stabilize financial markets. The difference is that central banks, at least in theory, he says, operate in the public good and try to maintain healthy levels, healthy levels of inflation. That's right. So he's just giving them. This um, is, you know, this on one hand, this is like the best argument I've actually heard, uh, I think, from the left. But at the mm -hmm. same time, it's created because of the left and the government policies that the left wants to institute. Right. So it's it's kind of it's self uh, it's kind of a self-serving thing to try and get you to believe that, you know, uh, crypto is bad because it. You know, there's it, it's it's being there's it's, it's not, there's something equivalent being done by a for profit entity, and the real problem is that the you know government caused the problem in the first place. To summarize uh, the story, he goes on to complain that the government hasn't done enough in the in the next section. And the final section is entitled "Ban Them All." He wants to make it illegal to sell cryptos on banked exchanges. How about you just don't use it if you don't like it? <laughs> That's the thing. Well, the, the, people that don't, side. the people that don't like crypto hate it, and they want to stop it. Yeah, they're That's violent the thugs. Thing. They can't. Uh, we'll put the full, full story up over at social.freetalklive.com. Check out Chris on his website, freedomdecrypted.com. He's got his own freedom-oriented tech show on Saturdays, and you can download that at your leisure. Freedomdecrypted.com. This has been Free Talk Live. See you tomorrow.